You got the call. Welcome to the big leagues. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the call-up presented by Triple Play Fantasy. I'm Mendy, your host, joined by Baby Huey. We are in the house for week eight of the call-up. Mike, how has your week been? My week's been busy as usual. Just got done with another article and all the fab, trying to stay competitive in all my leagues. You know, I'm, I'm doing pretty good in some big leagues this year, so I'm, I'm trying to stay on top of that as well as the prospect analysis. But Staying busy with baseball. I'm happy with how things are going. Loving the show. This is actually my favorite uh, favorite time of the week now, just to do this podcast. It's fantastic, man. And, and you guys that have been listening or watching on YouTube, we really appreciate the support. We've been loving doing this, and we feel like we can give you guys the insight on all these prospects in a way that hasn't necessarily been done out there. So your support, whether it's been viewing or listening, really helps us grow each and every week. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend about what Michael Richards spits on the call-up every single week here on YouTube. Uh, but as you guys know, for those that have been watching, we always start up, start off with our minor league players of the week. And Mike, your first guy is somebody on here who actually was talked about last week by our guest, Brendan Tuma. But I wanted, we were hammering home how much and just how great uh, Asturi Ruiz is right now for the San Diego Padres. Well, actually, I do want to correct you. It was me who brought him oh. up last week. Oh, is it you double dipped? <laughs> well, but here's here's the reason. It's, this is the first time I brought him up last week in players that I'm watching, and this is the first time that I've elevated a player from that category into the player of the week. Uh, as you can see, with the in the last ten days, forty five plate appearances, three sixty one, four twenty nine, seven seventy eight, four homers and eight steals. I love the eight steals in that amount of time. So when I'm looking at the player, just that's a small sample size, obviously, but the the slugging percentage, the stolen bases, and the low K percentage, these are all like indicators of of, of, of a high-level fantasy player or potentially a guy that I want on my team. So he just continues to produce. I'm assuming a, a, a promotion to AAA is coming soon. And uh, I just I, I still think he's underrated. He's he's it's because he's 23 and it's not he's, he's not one of these 20-year-olds that we've known about for a couple of years that's just blazing through this everything. So I think you should get him in all your leagues if you can. Uh, he's probably available still. I've seen his his roster percentage grow over the last week, but he's still like a, a really nice target, I think, in trades. And he's probably available in shallow leagues. And you just – I'm not saying he's a guy that's going to become a big power hitter down the road, but he's already got a good hit tool. He's got double plus speed, and that alone has fantasy value. If he chips in 15, 12, 15, even maybe 20 home runs in his prime, you're looking at a well-rounded player capable of playing multiple positions as well. Yeah, and, and the Padres, I would think, I'm just thinking at the top of my head, you know, they can move Jake Cronenworth, you know, around the diamond. He plays multiple positions. 
but there's not somebody at the top of my mind, unless I'm forgetting somebody that I feel like it's blocking him as he keeps elevating. Is, is there somebody that I'm just forgetting, Mike, that would be a, a potential roadblock for him for the Padres? Well, immediately that comes to mind C.J. Abrams because but he, he profiles shortstop, though, right? Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. Is these guys are these guys are both able to move around the diamond to different positions: shortstop, second base, outfield. So it's like they can both be in the lineup. As far as like a legitimate block, no. Uh, my only concern is why the Padres haven't promoted him to AAA. In you know, because they've been they're typically pretty aggressive with players. So the kind of number, I mean, he's a standout uh, statistical wise. Like when I'm looking at lumping all, all the different stats together that I look for. So he's there's been so many players that have played worse than him that have already been promoted. So that's I'm I'm just wondering what's going on with the Padres there. Why they haven't done that yet? That is really interesting, and it's something we'll definitely have to keep an eye on. Hopefully, it's going to be sooner rather than later because he's definitely producing enough to definitely get the call to AAA. A player that caught my eye this past week, Colin Barber, an outfielder for the Houston Astros, over the last seven days, 524, 583, a 1286 slash, five home runs, nine RBIs. The five home runs was one of the tops in base in minor league baseball over the last week. Eight runs, three walks to one strikeout. The thing that did make me kind of pull a little bit is he had five of his six home runs this season come in the past week still hitting above 300 still got over 400 on base percentage slugging near a thousand so those numbers are good he does have four stolen bases on the year too so there's that side of him that's very appealing uh just looking kind of a little bit more into his profile he's a lefty definitely has some power obviously as one of his tools there he puts the ball in the air a lot, but one of the things that they were kind of talking about in his development was he's just a little bit too much pull conscious. And if you look in his profile, he had a, a 51% pull percentage in 2019. Uh, and then in this year, 2022, his first full season again, since then, uh, 42.4%, a little bit of bug league, league average there as well. So that's going to be something he might have to work on is being able to hit the ball to all fields just a little bit better. But this is somebody, again, you see the speed with the four stolen bases potentially. I think he's somebody that could be a potential five-category contributor. He's got to make sure that he has a little bit better arm strength to fill all three outfield positions. So I don't know if necessarily you can move him all over the outfield. But he's a guy right now that, uh, you know, I don't think people talk about too much. But, you know, he's somebody that obviously if he ever gets the call to the Astros lineup anytime soon, they have a great uh, a great team around him so he'd be able to produce and somebody I think that is somebody you should keep just on the radar a little bit here because he's definitely been really hot. Um, yeah, and uh, I'll throw in also, he does have an above-average hit tool with plus speed. So development of power would be, I would kind of view that as the missing link in his profile. So, uh, and one other thing, he did play in high A last year, but he had a 123 WRC+. plus. So the success he's having in high A this year is not surprising to me. But if I'd like, to, I'd like to see how it uh, translates once he gets up to Double A this year. That's right, and just also looking, just sometimes strikeout percentages, just to see how much they are adapting. A twenty four point four percent K rate in twenty nineteen, and only a seventeen point four percent K rate so far this season. That with a twelve point eight percent walk rate, so he has shown a good eye at the plate, which is something that you need to see, I think, from minor league hitters to feel like they're comfortable going to the next level. Uh, so he's doing a lot of great things right now in Single A. To the pitching side of things, though, Kai Bush of the Los Angeles Angels and their organization, somebody that's kind of caught your eye as a player of the week for you from the pitching side, Mike. Yeah, I actually, this would have been 
another week to or to use Grayson Rodriguez before he got injured because he was pretty much untouchable in his last two starts before he got hurt. But uh, uh, Kai Bush is a player that caught my eye because he's a six foot six, two hundred forty pound lefty. He was an early second round pick in twenty twenty one. Angels famously used all their draft picks on pitchers, so he was one of their early picks. Uh, he's got a plus fastball and a plus slider, which you love to see. So we're talking about a big lefty with two plus pitches. He's already in double A with minimal minor league experience. He does have a curveball as his third pitch. Command is kind of the uh, the weakest link in his profile, at least. So there was some sort of reliever concerns coming into the year, but he has a he has a two point three three walks per nine, which is really good. He's been starting for the team. And I should mention the Angels have shown that they're willing to promote their pitchers quickly that they think are ready. They they brought up Reed Detmers at age 21 last year. Chase, Chase Silseth came up from AA earlier this year. So if they think Kai Bush is ready for the move, he's going to come up. And I'm not saying that means he's going to have a bunch of fantasy value this season, but he's not far away from being a big lefty with two-plus pitches in the major leagues. And he's not talked about a ton. So I think he's someone you should uh, put on your radar for sure. I mean, the left-handed pitchers are always somebody I think that you definitely pay a little bit more attention to in a team like the Angels organization that uh, I believe it was the past draft where they took just all pitchers, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I mean, they need the pitching, and especially they've lost 12 games in a row. Joe Madden was just fired today. Uh, They need guys that are going to come in there and make a difference. So would you say, I know, Michael, this is your favorite question that I ask you. Do you yep. see him debuting for the Angels at any point this season? Normally, I would say no, but they literally brought up Chase Silseth from the same level a few weeks ago. So I, I still think it's under 50% because it's he'd be jumping up from double A and he's got minimal experience, but they just did it with the pitcher. So it's possible. I can't really, I can't really give you like a definitive answer on that one. No, I know. I always like going to you for those questions just because I know you get uncomfortable with that. Um, Cade Cavalli, a name that I think even if you're not deep into prospects, many people know, starting pitcher in the Washington Nationals organization. His last start versus Buffalo, seven innings pitch, five hits, one earned run, two walks, and 10 strikeouts. He's number one pitching prospect for the Nationals right now in AAA. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, I remember him getting hit around a good amount when he was in spring training, so not somebody that was obviously made the roster out of camp. The strikeouts, even with his 10 strikeout performance are still under what he's averaging under nine Ks per nine. The walks are a little bit high. He's averaging almost four walks per nine. And that coincides with his last couple seasons, high fours, low fives in 2021 as well. Home runs per nine is good as he's keeping the ball in the yard and somebody that uh, I think, you know, a 40% ground ball percentage, you would like to see that a little bit higher, but we were just talking about that with the angels that, the Washington Nationals need pitchers as they have the ghost of Stephen Strasburg and Patrick Corbin and, you know, a lot of guys there that are not producing for that rotation. They've had Anibal Sanchez pitch for them this season. So if Cade Cavalli can put together, continue to put together a good stretch this year, I don't think it's a stretch to say. I mean, right now, three and three with a four, nine, four ERA is definitely not worth the promotion. But if he can put some more starts together like this, I think we'll see him this year. Wouldn't you agree, Mike? Yeah, actually, uh, I had switched my pitcher to Cade Cavalli because when I looked at him for the 10-day 10, 10 span, he had had two good starts in a row. And everything you just said, it's true. The Nationals are desperate for pitching. 
He was their top prospect coming into the season. They've already elevated pitchers below him up to the majors. So I could see him coming up soon, basically. Uh, I'm concerned a little bit about his profile overall, just how he's not striking out as much as some other top prospects and the walk the walk percentage is a little high. I mean, for, relative to like elite pitching prospects, but as far as his, his proximity to the majors and his workhorse type frame and everything, like I'm, I'm still interested in him. And, and I do think that people view him as kind of someone who's dipped down in the rankings, but I, I'd actually be targeting him right now just because of how close he is to the majors. He's somebody that definitely could be a hot fab pickup in any um, leagues this year. You know, if you need pitching and he comes on and, and helps that team. So He'll be someone that we both agree you'll see in the majors this year. Let's talk about some notable promotions. And these are just a few. I know there, I think there are some more. I missed Luis Garcia going from double A to the nationals. He's already been in the major leagues before with Washington, but I think he looks a lot better Was hitting well over 300 in the minors this year, some stolen bases, some power that he showed. So he could be a fixture for them the rest of the season. If he produces Matt gauge to the Toronto blue Jays, Travis Swaggerty to the Pittsburgh Pirates. I did did not put this name on this list. Uh, Gunnar Henderson was promoted to the AAA affiliate for the Baltimore Orioles. And speaking of the Orioles, we don't really have a section for this, but Grayson Rodriguez, a latch strain, has been shut down, been talks of him not pitching again this season, or at least being out for most of it. Mike, if you have, if you're, the Orioles and you have Grayson Rodriguez, are you keeping him out the rest of the season or do you think that he might, you might give him a chance to pitch at the end of the year? I guess I, I'm not like a doctor, so I don't know how a lat strain, if he can re-injure or anything like that. But my, my gut instinct says to be very cautious with him. They're not, they're not in a contention to win anything. He's a, he's a prize possession for their, their team. Like he's a big part of their future. So if there's even the slightest risk of re-injury, I would keep him out for the season. Yeah, he's one of the most dropped players on in redraft leagues, according to CBS. So I think many people are assuming he's not going to pitch again, especially in the major leagues this year. Um, so I, I, you know, somebody I think in redraft leagues, if you were stashing him, you can definitely, I think, cut bait. Dynasty, of course, you're not touching him; you're keeping him where he is. He's like you said, Micah, one of the best assets you can have right now in fantasy, and and one of the best assets in all, just in real baseball for the Orioles, like you said, who aren't going to jeopardize his future over, you know, something right now when they're not contending. So uh, yeah. And try to also I should mention fight off the buy low, you know, offers that you might get on him too. Like some people might come at you because he's injured and you might be out for a while, but his dynasty value has not changed. If his arms not messed up. Agreed. hundred percent. Our prospect watch. This is one of my favorite sections. Cause I think we talk about some players that, uh, maybe not as much in the players of the week or the guys on the verge here. And you have Luis Angel Acuna, who I believe the brother of Mr. Ronald Acuna, making noise for the Texas Rangers here. Yeah, he was someone that I liked uh, even when he first got signed a while ago. I was I probably put him in my top 100 a year and a half ago, which was probably premature. But he's he's got an above-average hit tool, above-average speed. And he's, as you can see there with the stats, he's tapping into that power. Uh, he was out on out for a little bit on the IL. That's why his numbers, his plate appearances are low. But 408 uh, on base percentage, the 587 slugging I love. You know, five home runs, eight stolen bases, a 165 WRC plus. 
And as you mentioned, Ronald Acuna's brother. So there's some pedigree there and some family ties. Uh, I, I love the walk percentage as well. So he's one of those players that I've, like I put early on a list this year is like a player with a missing link would being power. Cause it was kind of projected for below average. And he's already starting to tap into that a little bit more than people expected. Now he, I will say his sample size, like I said, is a little bit shorter. So he could go cold and it doesn't look quite as good, but these are, these are the same, you know, if this was week three or week four, I would have put him on this list and, you know, guys that I did back then are still like, you know, rising up prospect lists. So like I, I'm kind of viewing this as the same sort of thing. Uh, and he also, if, if you're not a huge believer, like this is a kind of random thought, but the name value has trade value. So it's like people, even if he's not, even if you're not totally sold on him, he, his value might be a little bit higher, but I definitely see him as like a top hundred prospect going forward after the season. Yeah, he's definitely someone like you said, the family ties, multi-position eligibility. You see he's, again, on the numbers there, he's a multi-dimensional player, eight stolen bases, getting five home runs, 12 RBIs. K percentage obviously could go down a little bit, but the walk percentage, WRC plus, are extremely great. Uh, so then, yeah, again, a, a very much uh, somebody that well-deserving of being in the prospect watch section, as is this guy who is quickly becoming my favorite pitching prospect in all of the minor leagues, Andrew Painter. Starting pitcher for the Philadelphia Phillies. He is the number one prospect, according to MLB.com, for the Philadelphia Phillies. I don't think he started out the year that way for them. I think he's kind of now risen up through the ranks. I believe Mick Abel, Mick Abel was ahead of him going into this season. But for those that don't know just how nasty Andrew Painter is, his numbers so far this season, if you combine just everywhere he's pitched, one in uh, 1.40 ERA. 38.2 innings pitched, 69 strikeouts in 38.2 innings, which is just unreal. The .85 whip. He was just recently promoted to the uh, Jersey Shore Blue. Um, the uh, oh my goodness, I just had the uh, Blue Crabs, the Jersey Shore Blue Crabs, and his last start versus uh, in his uh, last start, excuse me, six innings, two hits, one earned run, one walk, nine strikeouts. And what I really like about him is he's got three plus pitches. He's got a, you know, he's six, seven, first of all, which is great for the pitcher on the mound to be able to kind of go downwards instead of, you know, kind of going level when you're that tall fastball comes on you a lot quicker. He gets mid nineties. He can get up to just about just before hundred miles an hour, 97, 98. He also has a two seamer and also has a true upper seventies curveball slider. Uh, they're talking about, he has three plus pitches which is mainly the fastball, the curveball, and the changeup. But again, he's just somebody that is very much exciting to watch. The Jersey Shore Blue Crabs, I've said Blue Claws, the Blue Crabs, or Blue Claws. He's just unbelievable, Mike. The K numbers out, I mean, 20, 21, 18 Ks per nine, 2022, over 16 Ks per nine. The walks are not outrageous at 3.72 walks per nine. Left on base percentage this year is very fair, 70.6%. So it's not like he's getting lucky there. The AR estimators love him. The Phillies have some great prospects on their hand with him and Mikabel. I just, this is just a wealth of talent, the pitching position for this team. Yeah, absolutely. And everything you said is true. Uh, Painter is just turned 19 years old, you know, about a month, a little over a month ago. So, and he's up in high A now. So, I, and you read off all those numbers. They're amazing. He's got possibly even four pitches with command. 
and he's a he's barely 19 years old. This is this is probably the closest thing to uh, Yuri Perez this season. I guess I would say this is this year's Yuri Perez. So he's going to be a big riser. Like he's going to be a top pitching prospect in the future, and he's probably going to be moved relatively quickly compared to a pitcher pro- pitching prospect. Most of them. Yeah. Again, just promoted to a plus ball. And this is what we try to do on this show. Guys like this, that many people might not know about yet. This is somebody that you can try to get now before in another year from now, where he's in the top 50 of every prospect list. And it's going to be too late. Cause again, everybody kind of knows he's one of, he's the Mackenzie Gores or, you know, the Hunter greens or like names that once everybody starts becoming acclimated to, that it's a lot harder to get them. This is kind of when you can maybe for people that aren't as up to date with their prospects, you can get an arm like this, maybe a little bit cheaper. Um, but yes, Andrew Painter. And also what I really like is his delivery is very easy. It's, it's so smooth. It just looks like you're looking for something that's, you know, different about it, but he's just so smooth to the mound. It's something very repeatable, which is something I like as well. Uh, the who's next, our last segment here, just some guys we think could be on the verge of the call up. Shane Baz is definitely a great name for this list. He's on a rehab assignment right now and should be up with the Rays very soon. Yeah, I've uh, I think I've gotten a little smarter about this section because I'm I'm actually looking at guys that have legitimate chances of being called up soon. Uh, and he had his best start last uh, last a couple of days ago, four point one innings with ten Ks. And uh, last year, you can see the numbers there. That's all his numbers combined. In, in the three different levels. He was a 21 year old when he did that. So that's the upper levels and the majors. He only had 13 innings in the uh, major leagues last year. So it feels like he got more time than that. But uh, this is a guy who does everything you look for in a pitching prospect. You know, when I did my daily prospect updates uh, last year, he just kept showing up. You know, six innings, no runs, nine strikeouts, no walks, like just over and over and over. Like, so. I expect him to be good immediately, just like he was in, in his innings last year in the majors. Uh, the only concern is just how how much the team unleashes him. I'm not expecting this to be like his prime necessarily, and he is coming off injury, so they'll kind of give him four innings, five innings, maybe six. But uh, overall, great ratios, great strikeouts. Just I, He basically does everything I look for in a pitching prospect. I'm really high on this guy. And uh, if, if he's somehow available in your leagues right now, you should go pick him up immediately in, in, in every, every league. Yeah, he was somebody that I believe, you know, people were drafting a lot in before the season, before the injury happened. And then he kind of fell off. People, you know, maybe didn't draft him or avoided him. And he's now coming back with the Rays and the stuff's still there. And like you can see the numbers from last year, just absolutely phenomenal. So somebody, uh, again, if he's out there, make sure you pick him up. And somebody that I've been seeing people beginning to stash in redraft leagues, obviously in Dynasty, he's already on people's teams, and that's Riley Green, outfielder for the Detroit Tigers. Somebody who was going to make the team most likely out of spring training if he didn't break his foot. And in eight games so far this season, again, he just recently came back, so his season number stat, his season long stats are not necessarily long here, but a 258 average, 361, 387 slash. One home run, five RBIs, five walks, six strikeouts, and four stolen bases. I believe he probably is going to be in most of June down in the minor leagues, but I would not be shocked to see him with the Tigers maybe late June, early July. I, I think the Tigers obviously need the help. You know, they sent down Akil Badu. 
They're one of the worst teams in baseball this season. They need offense and they need to take a look at their, what they have in their prospects. And Spencer, Spencer Torkelson right now is still up. And even though he's struggling, he's getting playing time and Riley Green should be able to do the same. So if any redraft leagues, he's available in maybe another week or two, I would consider adding him. And uh, he has a lot of talent. As you can see, he's a, a multi-dimensional player and, and somebody that's going to give you stolen bases. He'll give you, you know, maybe, correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, maybe somewhere in the neighborhood of like 20 home runs or so. And and just a league-wide, uh, league average, wide average, batting average. So I think he's somebody that is going to be a centerpiece of the Tigers for years to come. And uh, somebody that, again, in redraft, you should consider looking at within the next few weeks here. Absolutely agree. Uh, I, I believe he was the guy I mentioned in the spot last week. And uh, I, like you said, he was supposed to be with the team out of spring training. He would have made the team with Torkelson. I, I truly believe that. And uh, I just think they're they're just waiting for him to be ready to where there's nothing, no concerns. He gets enough at bats. Uh, like you said, it could it could be early July or something, but it could also be in a week and a half. I'm most encouraged actually with the stolen bases, uh, just from a perspective of health, like sometimes that's not something that they do immediately. And I mean, it's, it's debatable, but you could argue stolen bases is his weakest uh, tool as well. So, I mean, this is a guy I, I expect to turn into like a Bryce Harper type of bat down the road where he's hitting 35 bombs with 15 home runs or something. But early in his career, you know, I see 20, 20 seasons. So yeah, definitely pick him up if he's out there in, in redraft leagues and dynasty I see him being like a almost like a cornerstone type guy down the road. For sure. Riley Green and Shane Baz, the players we want you to look at for who's next for the call-up. And this week's week eight of the call-up here on the Triple Play Fantasy YouTube channel and on the podcast. If you guys are enjoying these shows, we are now finishing two months of the call-up. It's been an absolute blast doing these each week. Please make sure you support by liking and subscribing. Leave a comment below if you're watching on YouTube. Let us know just how awesome it is, the research that Michael puts in every week. Make sure you leave a comment about that below. If you guys are on the podcast, we appreciate you there. Make sure you're subscribed there. Episode comes out every single week for the call up there, so uh, you won't miss an episode if you're subscribed. But on that note, Mike, another great show, man. Appreciate you and appreciate all the hard work. And uh, I'm D. Mendy, and we'll catch you guys for the call up week nine.